Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. What's going on, guys? Welcome to River City 93, brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and, of course, For the Culture United, where you can go check out the new River City 93 t-shirt and all the other merch they have there on their website. On this week's episode, we have a sit-down talk with Mr. Rob Ucrop in part two of our DocuPodcast episode. If you ever checked out part one where we interviewed Rachel Violet, make sure to go back and uh, check that out. But in this episode... We also have a listener question show. We sit down, we ask him questions about his playing career, how he learned about it, he was getting cut. The plethora of names that he drops is immaculate and more. Um, I don't want to take up too much time in this, but you're going to love this episode. It was probably one of my favorite interviews to do that I've done so far. So with that being said... Joining us on the podcast today is the Richmond Kickers legend, GM, owner, pretty much everything all around, <laughs> Mr. Rob Ukrip. How are you doing today, sir? I'm good. Thanks for having me. No, no problem. Um, also joining me for for some since October is Shanir. Yeah, I'm back finally. You know, I let you back on the pod. <laughs> he let me back. He let me back in. I'm on probation. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's just go in and get started into it. So this is going to be kind of like a two-part podcast. Um, first part, we're going to talk about, you know, your legacy as being part of, arguably part of the greatest team in Richmond Kickers history, the 95 U.S. Open Cup team. Okay. I probably would say that. And the second part would be like, you know, fan Q&A. Um, so your playing career is... Pretty much without Richmond, kind of all over the place. So I'm kind of interested to hear, like, how did you get to these certain places? So let's start off, like, Richmond in 93, then Baltimore Spirit, uh, Raleigh Flyers, Fort Lauderdale Strikers, Dayton Dynamo, back to Richmond Kickers, then the New England Revolution for a year, then Cincinnati Silverbacks, and then finish it off with the Richmond Kickers. Yeah, so how the journey. Did, yeah, that is. How did that all happen? Like, how did your career kind of start with Richmond and everything? Oh, so – so when I grabbed my, I took an extra semester down in Davidson. Okay. Um, we had a really remarkable run, 1992. Sadly, Charlie passed away several months back, but Charlie put together this incredible <coughs> dream team, probably the best just team, take out sports or take out the sport, but just team and guys that got along. And uh, we made a run to the final four that year, which is incredible. And after that, I had a couple opportunities. I got drafted by the Baltimore Spirit in the indoor. I guess at the time it was called the National Professional Soccer League, NPSL. Um, I got drafted in that and I also had an opportunity to go to Germany. I had a one-month trial um, at a first division German club. Um, okay, you can't just skip over this like you just went to like Kroger or something. <laughs> who, who was this first division German team? Uh, it was, uh, uh, you got to think, it's been a while, right? I'm old. <laughs> next, in a couple months. Um, I mean, 50 to do 25. So, so I had an opportunity to go to, uh, I believe it was Eintracht Frankfurt. And train and train for a month, um, but the problem was I was going to miss graduation, and uh, this is the big decision. So, talking with my mom and dad, and my mom was excited. My sister and I were going to walk together at graduation. Yeah. Um, 
So I ended up, I signed with the, uh, signed with the indoor team, Drew Forrester, Kenny Cooper. Kenny Cooper's son played in MLS for a long time. He was my, co my coach with the uh, Baltimore Spirit team. And uh, also at that time I was in the U23 pool, which is, well, I guess we were called the Nashville U20. It was a national B team, which is the same as the U23. So I was in that pool and played the World University Games that spring. So um, just had all these cool opportunities that come up. Um, the indoor started up later that, that year in 93, but you know, I had a couple opportunities and I was in the national pool at the time. And uh, it was great. It was an incredible experience for me. Yeah, I did read up on it. You were part of the U.S. National Team B? Yeah, it's called the B team. Now it's the U23s. It was all guys graduating from college and about to graduate. So that team was, you probably know the name, Mike Burns, right? Yeah. yeah. All right, so Claudio Reyna played with him. Um, Brian McBride was one of our strikers. Nice. Todd Yeagley, um, uh, Brian Mazanoff. Wow. Um, so, so it was a high-performing team. We played the University Games that July 1993 in Buffalo, New York. And it was a cool experience. Brandon Pollard from Richmond was also on the team, so it was cool to have two Richmonders um, yeah. participate. And uh, you know, we didn't do particularly well. We got to play Italy, and Oof. we beat them 4-2 to two in the last game. It was, wow. it was a pretty fun game. Hey, that's so, a positive. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> Scott Schweitzer had a long career with Rochester Rhinos. He was also he was our, he was one of our defenders. But it was a really cool experience. And then uh, everybody kind of went their separate ways. So. All right, well, we're going to kind of fast forward to 95. Okay. Richmond started up, Richmond Kickers, the 95 team with Dennis Violet. By the way, um, if you haven't, go check out the first episode of the Docu Podcast, in which we interviewed Rachel Violet um, and the history of Dennis Violet and all that. But that 95 team, can you talk about, like, how that team kind of came together? What was the makeup of that team? Like, how did that team Yeah, so, so what happened was a guy named Bobby Lennon and Cookie Ketchum, um, <laughs> they said, we're joining – we're bringing a team to Richmond, and they're mm -hmm. going to play in the U.S. ISL, um, United States Interregional Soccer League is what it was called. The, that was the first version. Fernando Marcos, um, that was the first version of USL as it was. And um, they came in. He made a visit down to me in Davidson that December, right before exams, and asking what my interest was in playing. And I was like, who else was playing? I mean, that's, you know, you want to play with good players and yeah. start up. And uh, he goes, I'm not quite sure yet. <laughs> um, you know, so it was one of those deals, and I, I needed something to bridge me between. With I was training, training with the U23s and a bunch of different national team camps, and uh, trying to figure out what the next step was, whether I went to Germany or found another opportunity. So I signed here to play um, through the summer. I played, I played several games. I didn't play the whole season because I was away with the U23s or yeah. national B team. But he he brought a bunch of local guys. Um, we had a guy named. Uh, on that team, we had Mike Hewiler was signed from UVA, who played in the Olympics in 1990. Um, gosh, Scott Budnick, who had a had a good stint in MLS. I mean, we had a we had a bunch of good players. Mike Burke's older brother, um, Pat Burke, a couple of GMU guys, Duncan Duncan Satchel, Lee Kalashaw. It was great to play with Lee versus being a competitor with Lee. Um, so we <laughs> how is Lee as a player, by the way? He's a great player. He's okay. an outstanding player. He um he hurt his knee, and uh, we were playing in a summer league game not really a league game in the summer camp we were working a camp together and we were playing some high school kids and he was on the wrong end of a tackle and okay. you know they did a surgery and he just never recovered fully but he was an incredible goal scorer great 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 mind for the soccer game and you know he was you know yes and play in the midfield play out wide play up top he, he could do it all i imagine lee being like a master in the dark arts 
<laughs> I don't know why. I just imagine it. <laughs> ah, no comment. <laughs> <laughs> no, no Lee, Lee is an incredibly savvy soccer soccer player. I mean, he, okay. So he knew how to play the game. You know, Lee and I had a little bit of the same quality, especially after his knee injury. We weren't neither one of us was blessed with great speed, but you know, you, using your brain, you can figure your way around the pitch. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, positionally, you know. I don't, I don't like the word dark arts, but, you know, how do you impede somebody else so you look like you run the same speed, right? <laughs> um, okay, so that whole U.S. Open Cup run, can you talk us through that run especially? Yeah. So, um, so in 95, two years later, I went to play in Raleigh in 1994. Mm. Um, Bobby made me an offer to play here, and Raleigh made me a better offer. And, I mean... I didn't have a job. It was a better situation for me. So I went down to Raleigh, had a good season there. Um, and then the next year, Bobby's like, you know what? We want to make a run. We want to win the thing. So, uh, you know, he reached out to me. And uh, the conversation was about, hey, I said, who are you bringing in? Why, why would I want to come back to Richmond? Um, and he said, I'm working on a couple guys, a couple UVA guys that, that got great pedigree. And, you know, some of these other guys. And I knew Brian. I said, you know, what about Brian Kamler? Um, who, who's one of my closest friends even today. And uh, he, he started working on these guys. So the first chip to fall, nobody wanted to sign. Everybody's nervous. was Ben Crawley from UVA. Mm -hmm. And then my agent called and said, hey, Ben just signed yesterday. Are you in? And I said, I'm in. So, uh, so Ben came in, and then I came in. We got Brian. We got Todd Yeagley from Indiana. Um, Mike Clark from Indiana. We got him as well. And then, uh, it, you know, Brian Bates came in, and... Jeff Causey signed, and we had an incredible team. It was great. Mike Brady was one of our veteran players from, uh, played at AU long, long, long ago. He's now down at Duke. But we had the great guy, Scott Schneider. Was, they were our two oldest veteran guys. When I say older, they were like 27 or 28. Mm -hmm. And they provided a little bit of uh, context to being a professional. And uh, it was just a great group of guys. I mean, we got along um, every day in practice. Monday, to, Monday was fitness. We'd come in, you'd be out there for one hour, and it, it was brutal. Dennis would run you into the ground, and then you leave. And then the next day, the next couple of days, we played. We pretty much had set teams. We played a bunch of small-sided stuff to goal, and then big-sided. And at the time, I didn't realize how good it was that you just played. And we built this great camaraderie and understanding of each other, and where people like the ball, and who, who's a good runner, who's a good defender, and how you fit together. And Dennis was a master of putting those skills and those things together, so that when we got in a match. Um, you knew exactly what your role was. You understood what the guys around you could do. I knew what my limitations were, so I wasn't going to try and do something I wasn't good at. And he, you know, he preached team. And, and you know, if he had to make a hard decision, I missed a goal in one game early in the second half from about five yards out, and he took me out. <laughs> I, I mean, I knew I messed up, but you know, yeah. I'd never been the quick hook, and he pulled me out. And he goes, you know, I took you out. I'm like, yeah, I just missed an easy one. He's like, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and it was all right. That, I mean, we had guys that could come in and get the job done. So whatever your role was, people were ready to step in and do it. Yeah. So how was it? This is kind of like a two-part question. How was it playing under Dennis Violet? But, like, also what was your role in that team, in, like, that 95 team? My role? Yeah. I, was the, my, I was supposed to hold the ball up okay. and score goals. Ah. Um, and I'm sure I gave a little bit of a physical presence and I'm feisty. And I, I've, I've always told people since I was a kid and I've heard it. I'm not particularly gifted athletically, um, but I'm, you know, mentally I'm pretty tough, and I hate losing. Um, okay. So, you know, every day in practice we drive to practice together, and everybody wanted to win, like every day, which is which is unique because 
lot of guys just want to go and have fun. And I want to have fun, but I'd rather win than have fun. Yeah, um, so, that's true. So, and, and he put, it was nicely done how people fit together really nicely. We had another guy named Corey Turnage who had a, a good career at Connecticut. He um, grew up playing with me as, as the Strikers and then FC when we were kids. And, you know, we just had, a, we had enough Richmond guys. So we had some local flavor, which I thought was really important to, and, you know, we drew some big crowds. We drew some big crowds there. Okay. Um, so that U.S. Open Cup game, the championship game against the El Paso uh, Patriots, mm-hmm. not only did you score a goal, but you got the assist from Lee Callishaw. Yeah. Take us through that goal. Like, how was it? What was your feelings? Did I don't you know. Realize? Was, I mean, I don't know. I usually remember the goals that don't score more than the ones that do score. Sounds like a to- typical goal scorer. Um, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> but, but it's great because Lee got to the end line, squared it across. I believe I was on the near post, mm-hmm. and I kind of took a touch and slotted it home. I think I, it might have been five hole for the guy, but uh, it was just just a calm stuff we do in training all the time, right? This is what you're supposed to do. I wasn't particularly good outside the box, but put me in the box post to post. Um, that was my job, run to the near post and create a chance. And we went up 1-0 right away like that. It was great. And then I don't know, I don't remember the timing of it, but Kevin Scott, is a great defender from NC State. A little bit reckless at times. Um, I've been on the other side of his two foot before um, in college, but he came in at midfield, and right when I saw it, I'm like, "We're gonna be playing down for a while." <laughs> we played with ten. We played a large part of that second half with ten men. Yeah. Ooh, especially um, with that brutal heat going on. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, I mean, it's heat, right? Yeah. So, yeah. If you think about it, and it's hot, then it's gonna be hot. If you're like you're out there playing in the final. You're playing in the final. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we were tough. I mean, we had the best goalkeeper in the country. Um, you know, he proved that he, he had incredible success in MLS with Revolution and um, DC United, Jeff Causey. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, we had a rock line, rock, you know, rock star back, back line, I mean, anchored by Jeff. Mm-hmm. You know, and then, you know, the, the most pedigree player out of that whole group was Richie Williams. I mean, Richie was in there, you know, yeah. holding mid. Barking at people, barking at the referee, barking at his mom, barking at anybody he could yell at, he'd get after. Guy knew how to win. And, you know, he's proved that he's, you know, one of, of Bruce Arena's closest, you know, confidants. You know, look at all the success, and Rich is always there because those are the kind of people that, that, that know how to win. Mm. So, not only were you win the U.S. Open Cup, you are the finals MVP. Uh-huh. Grats to you on that. <laughs> I mean, I mean it, we just want to win the title. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I scored a goal, and I scored my penalty. So, I mean, I don't, I don't know how that stuff works. It doesn't seem like it's the right person. I mean, to me, Jeff Causey was the MVP of the match. <laughs> I mean, we played down a man most of the second half. Um, you know, there's 1-1. One, one, they went on penalties. You know, to me, it's your goalkeeper. So I have to ask, like, since we're talking about the early beginnings of U.S. soccer in the '90s, was it a big fanfare when you guys came back with the U.S. Open Cup here in Richmond, or was it kind of just like, eh? No, okay. I mean, people knew what happened. Okay. They were excited, but I mean, at that time, nobody really cared about soccer. I mean, yeah. People didn't watch soccer on TV. Um, you know, we 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 drew some healthy crowds that would rival what we've done the last several years here, mm-hmm. um, but. You know, now people think about soccer as something to go do for two hours and watch and be engaged, and they watch, they get up early and watch EPL <coughs> games. So it's just a different landscape. But, um, you know, it, it wasn't like we got home and, you know, a thousand people waited for us at the airport. In fact, I mean, <laughs> it was a hard flight from El Paso, it's a hard place to get to. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the unique part, and, you know, I would check with Lee, Lee could 
answer this better, but you know, we qualified by winning that for the uh, CONCACAF tournament, right? Or whatever that was called, maybe it's different at the time, but we were supposed to play a Mexican team. But the hard part is, once that was over, like all the guys, I mean, everybody dispersed, right? They had their places, so it wasn't like we had a team. But it, it, was, it was cool, because once we won the USL, USISL title, we had a long <coughs> drought before we got to play that Open Cup final game. Yeah. Um, wow. So. Okay. So, with you winning the US and being part of that team, you then go to New England Revolution. Mm-hmm. And I'd probably be wrong without letting Shader ask you all this question because he is the New England Revolution fan on the podcast. Cam coached them. <laughs> yeah. So, Shader, this is all your part. <laughs> I'll let you go. Um, with At New England, I know few of the guys that were on the squad around that time you had of course you had um Camler mm-hmm. um some of the guys that came in later on uh Joe Max Moore yeah so Joe Max when I got cut Joe Max came in <laughs> they cleared they cleared a roster spot by cutting me I was one of the cuts oh, wow. that was the first year no I mean it was a, it, you know it's how it works yeah in fact that, this is a funny story Darren Darren can attest to it but uh we were roommates mm-hmm. and uh I went to practice the day. It was a couple of days before the contracts got guaranteed. And, yeah. You know, I, I started the first eight or nine games yeah. here at New England. I think it was eight. And then I played, I started the, uh, we played Fiorentino with Gabriel, Batistuta. And mm-hmm. So I got a, I started that half, the first half of that game. Yeah. So, I mean, I felt pretty safe. I mean, I've yeah. been starting a bunch. And then, uh, you know, everybody kind of knew it was getting cut. And so that, I was out of the lineup at the point, trying to get back in the starting lineup. So I walked out to practice early to do some extra finishing stuff, and mm-hmm. I was telling the assistant coach, he's like, hey, you're close to getting yourself back in the lineup, you're playing well, all that stuff, right? Mm-hmm. So then I get out there, and uh, one of the other guys goes, hey, hey you crowd, they, they need you back in the locker room. And I'm like, well, I'll talk to them later. He's like, no, they need you now. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm walking back, and here comes Alexi walking out to the field. <laughs> and Alexi, where are you going? I said, apparently they want me in the locker room. And, I'll let, and there's this pause. Wait, 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 wait. Alexi Lawless? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did he still have, like, the big red yeah. hair? <laughs> yeah, he, he was a rock star. I mean, oh, he would yeah. go places. And oh, wow. It was cool watching, like, he was he was the celebrity. He was the poster boy of American soccer. Yeah. And uh, so I'm walking back, and he's like, then he's like, holy, and then beep. And he's like, you're getting cut. <laughs> and I'm like... Oh my gosh, I'm going to get cut. That's what I figured I was getting cut. I don't mean to laugh at that, but that's so messed up. (laughs) You're walking like, oh, I have no idea. Maybe they just want to ask me a question. (laughs) Yeah, I wouldn't be thinking. So yeah, so so he he said holy, and there's a you know some profanity, and he's like, you're getting cut, and I was like, yeah. So I walked in there and and out. It took him an hour. He just kept talking. I'm like, if you're gonna let me go, you know, release me. Just tell me. That's fine. I mean, you know. I don't need it. I don't need to hear a bunch of stories. I mean, yeah. either you don't think I can do it or you do, and then let me go. So, so I got released that day. I, I went back to the apartment and I called the furniture people because I bought the furniture for. I bought a couple of big couches that I loved, mm-hmm. and uh, I kept the tags on. I told Darren, I'm just going to keep the tags on just in case, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so the next day he came back from practice, and the furniture was gone. You know, I got him pick it up. I, I bought it. I, you know, I had like a couple months mm-hmm. before I could send it back, so I sent it back. They picked it up and. I was on my way, so uh, you know that that was it was a good rec, good realization that I mean soccer is coming and that you know you get cut and yeah. then, you know take it personally and you find another opportunity. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, one thing you can claim is that you scored the uh, first what the first two, two goals in uh-huh. New England Revolution history. Did yeah. you even know that? Yep. 
Oh. Yeah, we were in Tampa. It was great. We had a good trip. I, I actually, I think I have video of us walking around the mall, killing time, being a bunch of morons. <laughs> um, Ted Kronopoulos, John DeBrito, Darren. Yeah. I mean, we were a bunch of young single guys, like, in Tampa. Like, what do we do? We're just walking around the mall. That's what you used to do. Mm-hmm. Kill time in the mall. It was, it was air-conditioned, so it was nice. And just moved around, check out shoes, like people do today. Hats. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So we just walk. I got some video somewhere. Probably not. I don't know that I want to see it. <laughs> um, but yeah, we um, yeah scored. The first goal was a uh, Lexi played a ball. A, I think it was a diagonal ball to Welton, Brazilian. Mm-hmm. Got to the end line, crossed it back, and I had a first time one touch left footed finish. Um, then the second half, I had a I had a header that I scored on. Make it. It was three two, and then. Late in the game, I had—I I mean, I would have been the first hat trick in MLS. And yeah. I had a flash header that just went wide that was inches from going in. Uh, but uh, we lost. It was cool. I got, you know, one of my buddies called me up in my answering machine in my apartment, saying, "Man, I, I was just watching Sports Center and I saw it. You know, I saw a highlight with you and I saw your name. So, yeah, that was the first time. It's—it's it's pretty cool stuff. Wow. You know? And you know, in the '90s, <laughs> all that stuff was kind of new. Soccer yeah. on TV and yeah. So, I mean, that's pretty dope to be known. So, are you still kind of like? I, are you still first of all? Are you still a Revs fan, like New England Revolution? Yeah. Fan? So, so I, I'm, I tell people I grew up a Cowboys fan, and then sorry to you, hear that. Yeah, <laughs> that's because we won a lot, probably. <laughs> but but when I, I played for Mr. Kraft and Jonathan, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, they were they they invested in soccer. You know, yeah. now people always argue. Can people do like the fact that he, he brought a team there was huge. It gave me an opportunity to play in some big crowds and it was mm-hmm. an incredible experience. And I saw how they ran the ran it and how they treated people and not only us but the football side. And I became a you know a, a Patriots fan too. Okay. So, uh, so it was cool. I mean, it was it was a great experience for me. Um, you know, one of, I, I, my favorite memory would probably be uh, we played in New York, the Meadowlands, the old Meadowlands. Mm-hmm. I remember the crowd, uh, my mom has a picture, it's 48,500 people in the crowd. I go out there to take the opening kick, I got my foot of the ball and I'm looking around. And you know, what I used to do is always look and find a familiar face. And you know, I always knew where my mom and dad sat mm-hmm. and they'd flown up and you know, my mom used to always, you know, yell at me, you know, I'll be number six, score school. I was number 19 <laughs> in New England. And uh, she yelled that to me that day and I'm like, Giuseppe Gattarisi was a, the other forward up there. I'm like, hey, Giuseppe, you see the crazy lady there? That's my mom. <laughs> <laughs> you know? I mean, it was this, this cool moment. I figured out for, you know, for my whole life, my mom's been cheering me on. Yeah. It, when I was a kid, it was embarrassing, right? High school game, yeah. club game, and your mom's screaming, I love you, great goal. <laughs> but then, I, you know, as I got older, I'm like, man, my mom, you value good that. or bad, she, yeah. you know, she was always there encouraging yeah. me. So, uh, so that was my, probably my favorite memory of my time in New England. And we won one zero. They had an own goal. Yeah. Nicola Curricula, I think Nikolai. Yeah, he was a Italian international too. Wow. Own goal on Tony Miola. So that's cool. The names you are dropping are like U.S. folklore. I know this is U.S. legends. <laughs> right? Oh, I don't think we went over, but I just want to ask: like, how did you get to New England exactly? Like, was it? I don't think it's around the time today, but like, how, how did you get to So what happened was, at the end of 1995, mm-hmm. um, there's there's a scouting network. I think Dave Durr maybe was running it, um, who coached the Dallas firm for the first couple of years. Mm-hmm. But um, so there was a scouting network. They had a combine out in Orange County, and they invited all these players. Like, you know, pick a player. They were there. Um, all the guys that weren't playing internationally. It was it was like the who's who of soccer names, and from the APSL and the USISL and incredible amount of talented players. Um, 
And we had a bunch of days of playing, and the coaches, you know, it's, it's like you see in the football comment. Like, these guys are just sitting on the sideline, you know, mm -hmm. all the coaches. Um, who was it? Uh, I forget the guy from, uh, you know, all, all these legendary coaches sitting on the sideline watching. And uh, I remember, I think I scored a goal in the combine. I think I had a header. And uh, I remember Frank Stapleton was, was, was close by. I, you know, I didn't know really who he was, other than he was the New England coach. And that's kind of how it went. And they took a chance on me. I think uh, six or excuse me, sixth or seventh round, maybe. Mm -hmm. I don't know. And just went up there and, you know, just trying not to get cut. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just, yeah. you know, do I have a spot in it? I mean, I remember doing, we were Boca Raton preseason and I was, Lexi and I run about the same speed. Um, mm -hmm. So we're doing the Cooper test. Here comes Darren. He freaking laps us. <laughs> right? like, that never looks good, right? But I was like, I'm with, I'm with the superstar. So, you know, and he got lapped too. But Darren came and Lex said, are you kidding me, man? You just lapped us. But he, Darren could run. I could run. So. Yeah. Um, are, do you still keep in contact with Alexi? Um, I mean, I don't text or anything with him. But okay. if I see him, he's incredibly warm and kind. And mm -hmm. I think, you know, the last time I – well, I've seen him in a couple of events. But – you know, when, when the Galaxy came here to try and knock off the kickers that yeah. time, and mm -hmm. they couldn't do it. Right? Yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Yeah, that was probably the last time I had a good conversation with him. <laughs> That's probably the last time he's yeah, been it was before the game was over, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. And well, 96 to 2004, you end your career with the Richmond Kickers. Mm -hmm. Does anything stand out from you from that well, time period? Well, I mean, I, I'll share this, is that as your career gets – as you get older, you have a little bit different perspective. And I, I was always incredibly thankful to play in front of my hometown fans and friends and family and mm -hmm. you know hopefully I've left the mark not necessarily on the soccer field but you know one of the things that Brian Campbell and I used to pride ourselves on was going out and doing events and interacting with people and talking mm -hmm. to people was really important that uh, yeah. they knew what we were trying to do and it wasn't about the soccer it was like hey let's, let's see if we can inspire some kids to, to learn to love the game like we do yeah. so that was always cool and then you know as I got older I went from playing all the time to I got to play for Lee who was my contemporary for a while and that that's a, always a weird dynamic and we wouldn't always agree on how we see the game, but um, you know, it, it was it was a cool experience for me. And you know, even a couple of years before Lee started coaching, I mean, people probably don't know this, but I was almost almost got traded from here. I requested a trade. Oh, right. Wow. So, Whoa. so you know, people think about it like I, this is my hometown, but if I'm not playing and you don't have a use for me, and I'm just on the team because you want a local name that. You know, I mean, yeah. I want to play. So put me in an environment where I get a chance to compete to get on the field. So, uh, yeah. so I was almost traded to Rochester at one point from here. So, <laughs> Ooh, wow! <laughs> Our whole town legend would have played in Rochester. Yeah, yeah. I, <laughs> you're a competitor. You want to play? Yeah, yeah. You utilize yeah. it, right? It's how it works. So you ended your career, and I'm assuming these are talents instead of saying most career career goals for this with kickers with seventy. Um, most assists with 30, most career points with 170, and most matches played 231. Yeah, I think somebody's, I think Tony Williams has passed that now, and Delhi. My wife used to sit and say, Delhi, she's like, I could score a penalty kick. Those shouldn't count. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we love you, Delhi. But now I remember when Delhi, Delhi got signed his rookie year, mm -hmm. I made an effort. Up. You know, the first thing I told Delhi was like, hey, you're coming to take my position. I know Lee values you more than he values me, but mm -hmm. I'll do everything I can to help you. We want you to have a great career. And, you know, if I'm the backup and I'm competing with you, I'm not, I want your spot, just so you know that. But if I don't get your spot, I'm not on the bench pouting. I'm cheering you on. So I mm -hmm. think my last assist was the assist to Delhi. Oh, um, nice. We played Puerto Rico. I think it's Puerto Rico. And That's always a nice trip. <laughs> no, no, it was here. Oh, okay. Uh, um, <laughs> but, but it's interesting because uh, we were down 1-0 in like the – 
we were in stoppage time. Oof. And Lee's like, you know, I'm always ready to go. So Lee puts me in. He goes, you know, go win the game. I'm like, dude, I mean, of course. I'm, I'm not going in and trying to give up a goal. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so, he was trying to be inspirational. <laughs> you know, at least, I, I will say Lee is not great at the inspirational talks. He, he's, he's great at tactics. And there's a bunch of – but his motivational talks, at least – to me personally, we're not good. Um, and I won't tell him. He knows that. Um, but he put me in. And this is a cool kicker's memory. I go in. So my first touch, I get the ball. In the, I run into the corner. I take a touch. I cut it back. And I whip it in with my left foot. And Deli heads it in. 1-1. One, one. It's like 93rd or 94th minute. So um, this is a, we had a lot, a lot of stoppages that game. So the next, they get the kickoff, whatever. We win the ball. Our guy plays me the ball. I play a back pass that is terrible. So my next pass goes right to their team, and they get in behind. Oh, boy. And they shoot it wide. Oh. <laughs> so then my third touch, I get the ball just over midfield. I look to my left. I look to my right. Nobody's pressuring me. I take two touches. I'm about 40, 35 yards from goal. Mm-hmm. I might as well shoot it. And I hit a rope, and it went right over the goalkeeper, um, dipped over him just on the crossbar. Two one now. All it right, was, and but but I look over and guess who jumps in my lap or jumps on me? Lee. Lee sprint. The game wasn't over, right? <laughs> <laughs> Lee sprinted over and like this is great because you could tell the excitement. Lee's jumping. And I'm like, dude, the game's not over. Get off the field. <laughs> and then we won the game two to one. So that was that was my. I think that might have been my last goal. We, my last game we lost some penalties up in Syracuse. But, oh, um, oh wow. The, so that would yeah. be the last home game. Um, yeah, we're the last game that I played and scored a goal in because some guys I didn't play. So. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I wasn't making that. I mean, all athletes say they know when it's, their time is up. How was it, you know, coming to that realization like, yo, 2004 is probably going to be my last year? Um, I, there's a point in your life for, for me, I got to the point where I love to play soccer and I love the work. I love training. I love the camaraderie, the bus trips, being with the guys, and, and just that's the best part of it. But the amount of effort and workload that I put into doing that and then not have as many opportunities on the field, I felt like pouring all that energy into something else would be more meaningful and be more impactful. So now that was a point um, that I stepped away. Okay. And since you are now the owner of the Richmond Kickers, what went into your decision coming back and being the owner of wanting to, you know, be well, the owner of the I would say the, the – so I think one of the questions I saw, Patrick Sunday. <laughs> The reason the Richmond Kickers are unique and special yeah. is that we are the longest-running consecutive soccer franchise in the country. Mm-hmm. You know, we have Charleston beat by one day. We played on a Friday night against Columbia. They played on a Saturday, so we got them by a day. Yeah. Um, That's so, what we're more important. So we, we pride ourselves <laughs> in that. But there's a, there, there's been three or four different times in the last 25-plus years that, that there's been decisions to avoid taking a year off. So there have been hard decisions by ownership and sponsors saying, I don't think we can make this work for a year. And people were going to shut it down. And people like Bobby Lennon, Cookie Ketchum, got this thing rolling. Uh, Mr. Rip, Dick Rip from the restaurant company in Arby's, who passed away several months ago. He was instrumental in keeping this thing around. You know, then my dad, my dad loves Richmond, and he's, he's put a lot of resources into different sports facilities. And he was one of the reasons that, you know, he was involved as a sponsor and and he and Mr. Rip tag team this for a while, trying to keep this around because we felt like, or they felt the, you know, it's great to have something that can kids can aspire to in the community. Mm-hmm. And then the youth club took over, which was an incredible, 
incredible gift. Um, the youth club ran this for probably too many years, but um, mm -hmm. you know the hard work of, of the staff that was in place and the board to keep this thing moving. Mm -hmm. um, Lee has a lot of fingerprints on it. So the fact that it's still here is a lot of hard work from some individuals that um, really believe that we want to keep this thing going. So my group, on, you know, we didn't want this thing to disappear. I mean, there's a chance that you know we couldn't have found a different owner. We could have found a different owner, maybe, but. You know, this is a group of guys that want to take a chance and believe in what we're doing and, and knows sometimes when you start small and you start to put the pieces in place, good things when you have the right foundation. Yeah. So. All right. Well, that's a great introduction to our listener questions. Okay. Um, so, of course, we're going to ask you some questions that our fans want to hear from the great legend himself. <laughs> um, first question is, um, <laughs> this is from Scott Hoffman. <laughs> he wants to know who's your favorite kickers fan of all time. Um, I mean, I guess he and his wife probably. <laughs> um, even though they missed the uh, they missed the game to get married, I think they missed the last game. Yeah, I yeah, think we were so. trying to get him to get married at the field. Now, this is an actually easy one. And as much as I love Scott and his wife, it would not be those guys. It would be Will Daniel. Um, if you don't know Will, I call him the mayor. He's been watching kickers games since 1995. Um, he and he and Cam and I, we we gave. We saw Will at Garden Ridge down by the airport in 1995. Mm -hmm. He's like, hey, I'm going to hang out with you guys the rest of the day. And told his mom. He was probably 11 or 12. And, uh, <laughs> and Will stayed with us the rest of the day. I took him home. Wow. And, uh, so Will's been at all the games. Um, he's got an incredible relationship with soccer fans around the world. Um, in fact, this is how well known and well loved Will is. My wife and I were watching the Seattle Sounders win the, National, or win the uh, MLS Cup recently. And... Mm -hmm getting ready to turn it off. And I look on the, on the field, and next to Brian Smetzer is Will Daniels' mom on the field. Wow. wow. Hugging Brian Smetzer. And I'm like, huh. And then the next thing you see, they walk up on that little stage to receive the trophy, and there goes Will walking up on the stage. Wow. And then Will's walking off the stage. And then they're walking around with the trophy, and there's Will walking around with the trophy. So, <laughs> so Will, through a friendship with Ziggy Smid, who, um, who who, who's, who's since passed away um, mm -hmm. in the last year or so. Yeah. Um, he was incredibly gracious with his time with Will and invited Will into national team events, into Seattle Sounders events. So mm -hmm. Will is this uber fan for all soccer around the world. Yeah. Um, he'd be a really interesting person to talk to at some point. But, you know, if you ever see our games, Will's um, he's one of my favorite people in the world. He sits there right at midfield with the uh, fourth official and – he kind of does whatever we need. He's a volunteer with us, but he is the super fan. So, Will Daniel. Okay, okay. Um, this is more of a question about our current head coach, who you said was your roommate. Yeah. How was he as a roommate? <laughs> at, at he was great. Revolution. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so, so the, it's, it's funny. People, um, I think Darren, we were in a meeting together the other day, and, you know, he said, you know, we want to have less Darren Sawatskis on our team. You know, because Darren was just an incredibly hardworking, talented. He could run. He could get in behind. You know, he scored some goals, could serve the ball. But just where the soccer players have evolved to, like mm -hmm. Rob Ucrop or Darren Swatsky, nobody won us anymore. Um, just, just the technical and the tactical acumen that their people are looking for. Um, but he was just an incredibly hardworking, humble guy. Um, I, we said it the other day. So when we won that game in the Meadowlands, it was cool. He's a big, he loved music. He's a big music junkie. And uh, we're sitting in the locker room and looking around. He's like, dude, check this out. Look at that. That's James Hetfield from Metallica. And I'm like, what? Not that exciting to me. <laughs> he's like, this is freaking great. He's walking in with Jonathan Kraft because they were buddies. Uh -huh. And it's just this, this cool moment. It's like, 
you know, we just won this game in front of 48,500 people. And, and, you know, Darren, just just a genuine, he just loves people. Mm-hmm. And he's this is one of his favorite people. He's like, oh, my gosh, this is so cool. Just the enthusiasm. <laughs> and I think that's one of the things he's going to bring to the game. Um, and this is nothing against our past coaches from David to Lee to Colin to Dennis. But we, we've never really had the personality of a head coach that Darren brings. You know, he's hyper-competitive. But he just loves people, and he, he has this ability to connect with people. Um, you know, his nickname up there was Tarzan. He had the, the long blonde hair back in the day. <laughs> um, but he's just a very hardworking, humble guy. You know, he talks about a lot of – he wants to bring some, some metal, which we're all in favor yeah. of. Oh, yeah. Um, was his hair more mullet-ish? You know, I yet to ask him. I, <laughs> I just want to know. I yeah, I mean, I, I don't go into hair because I had hair then, and – if you could bring back one player from Kickers history to play on this current team, who would it be? Oh, Brian Candler, hands down. Oh, Brian Candler. Not even close. I mean, he's, he's still one of my best friends. I was, I was the best man at his wedding. And uh, the great thing about Cam is that he, he's the most selfless soccer player I've ever been around. Um, so here's a good story for you. Um, so when we 95 season... Jeff Causey had to miss a game against Hampton Roads. So the backup keeper, Joey O'Carroll, was supposed to play, but Joey got hung up somewhere, so he missed the van. So we get down there, and Mike Brady's like, I can play in goal, and Ken's like, I can play in goal. So Mike Brady plays the first half, and I think we're down 2-0. Garth Lagerway, who's now the GM of the Seattle Sounders, mm-hmm. president of GM, he was in goal for Hampton Roads. And uh, we're up, they're up 2-0, and we came back to win the game 3-2. Mm-hmm. But the the goalkeeper of record for the win was Brian Candler. He played the second half in goal. And uh, he pitched a shutout. We won 3-2. So then I was telling Shania earlier, I, I think this is accurate. I, cause I'm, so Cam's a jack-of-all-trades kind of a – he's like the Swiss Army nice of, yeah. of soccer. He's a James Milner. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, no, or Kyle Walker is probably closer now. Yeah, right? Kyle but Walker. I, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, 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 but I was watching this uh, Real Salt Lake game, and I'm like, uh-oh. Goalkeepers hurt. They've used their subs. I'm like, Cam's going to goal. And sure enough, Cam puts the jersey on, puts the gloves on, and he's in the goal. Wow. So I think he's the first person in MLS to play all 11 positions. Wow. So, but yeah, he, he would add just unselfishness. He can play in the back. He can play in the midfield. He's got a cannon of a shot. He can score goals at any time he wants. Um, and just He, he would be my, my – and, and we've had some great players, but just Cam's demeanor – would be the, the tipping point for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of my most vivid game time memories of him was hit, him hitting a screamer from like 20 yards oh, yeah. out at, at Foxborough. Just, yeah. Bang. And it was one of those, it, I remember it was a game where he had gotten a head injury and he had his head was like bandaged oh, yeah. up and he just ripped one from 20 yeah. yards out. Oh. <laughs> hey, that's. Yeah, it's not like it would fit. It's done for it too. It's not like it would fit. Um, if you can model the kickers on an English Premiership or MLS team, who would it be? <clears throat> um, you know, player development focus, playing style, community focus, etc. Um, I, I don't really like comparisons overseas. I think it's so much different. You know, in the states, you've got high school sports, which I think is really important for kids' development socially and. Um, you know, it just it gives them a different thing than club soccer. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's hard to argue with what the Sounders have done. I mean, just look at the pipeline of players they've produced through the years. 
Um, you know, thankfully, the guy that was the architect of that, one of the key architects, was Darren. So, uh, so we're excited to see how he's going to work with our DA staff here and, and help. You know, maybe you know help help those guys grow and what they're teaching and create this environment where some of our DA kids can come in right away and, and play with us. Okay. So I will write that down. Uh, you crop says we are better than the Sounders. Got gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> Make sure make note of that. We would like to be. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, hey, that's, 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 that's the, the goal. Right? <laughs> um, how do you see League One development going forward? This I think is, it's been great. Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, league meetings were really exciting. Um, cool part is I know we lost Lansing um, but for, for the most part everybody's looking at the big picture and knowing that it's going to be tough the first couple years um, the footprint isn't ideal for anybody from travel but the league is committed to growing the league um, I think we we're close to really populating the league for 2020 um, but I, I would anticipate in 2021 you'll see a much larger um, network of teams that, that you guys will be totally excited about yeah. mm-hmm. but I know one of the questions you're going to ask me probably is while well, these all these teams going to the championship and yeah. I, I can say from the league standpoint it's it's more expensive to buy the franchise fee to get into championship mm-hmm. so if you're the league you want people to come in there because they're paying you know five times what you're paying to get in league one yeah. right okay. but at the same time some of these some of these cities they don't have any other sports teams and mm-hmm. their geography and their other reasons but um and most of these teams are coming in, and people are figuring how to trying to figure out how to make money on soccer. And you know, we lost a bunch of money last year, and we're gonna, we think we're gonna half that this year. And you know, we have a path to profitability that we're gonna continue to work at and execute on. So we're we're excited, and we're excited what the league's done to help partner with us. You know, there's always growing pains. Of course, we would have loved to have more than Omaha Revolution and Inter Miami coming in. There's two other teams we thought were coming, um, but it didn't work out. And, you know, it's, it's how it works, and you know we're going to be the best team we can be. Mm-hmm. Um, try and bring down the North Texas team, which was a they were a bunch of rock stars this year, huh? They yeah. were young rock stars. They, yeah, they were. Yeah. Um, yeah, they were. They were scary. <laughs> you want the next question? Um, yeah. Uh, well, I think you kind of answered it. It was basically to explain uh, the logic of USL's expansion and most of the most of the team the expansion coming into the championship rather than League One. Um, so I, I, I feel like he pretty much answered that yeah. question. Yeah, and I'll, I'll say this too. So this is interesting in Richmond, especially when the Braves left and the Squirrels came in at double A, uh-huh. like, oh, it's double A. Like, I mean, that's your team, right? So whatever you're calling the Braves, the Squirrels, the Squirrels have put incredible resource into being part of the community. And that's yeah. what we continue to do and we'll continue to strive to, to do. Yeah. And the level, you know, I mean... When I was when I got released from MLS, they all asked me to sign a new contract at the league minimum of twenty four thousand, and I get put back in the pool, and somebody probably would have picked me up at twenty four thousand. But mm-hmm. I'm like, I mean, I don't want to do that. I had an opportunity to come down to Richmond and make more than what they're going to pay me, and I'm in an environment where I feel like I can make a difference. Yeah. So um, you know, some of these some of these places they want to go big, and some there's still championship teams fighting for those last few MLS slots, and it's important, and they're spending crazy amounts of money. And, and God bless them, and that's hope it works. <laughs> yeah. um, but for us, you know, we, we want to figure out the things we can control, and you know, we think Richmond loves the kickers. Um, you know, we got this cool name. I think there's one other team in the world, right? Yeah, uh, in Germany. Germany. Yeah. yeah, I think in Germany. Um, yeah. But you know, we're excited. We, I mean, we we think where League One is going, and 
I think this is one of the misconceptions last year. The league is, was a lot stronger than everybody anticipated. I know talking to some different MLS folks, you know, they were inquiring about how it went. You know, the teams were good. It was better than everybody anticipated. Yeah. Um, you know, and the cool thing, and I don't know if you guys know this, but at the end of the games, I usually wait at the gate and thank people and just smile and yeah. shake some yeah. hands. And, you know, because win, lose, or draw, I don't want to hide. I mean, we think it's yeah. important that, that we're there. And uh, after we got beat by North Texas 4 0, somebody's like, man, well, you know, you guys just got battered, man, by that team. I'm like, that team's really good. And they're like, what do you mean? I said, well, if you got a second, and Ricardo Pepsi, you know, he's a, he's in a youth international that multiple, my understanding is multiple full sides are, are trying to get into their yeah. program, right? Yeah. So these kids, I mean, I think they had seven national team youth players within that core. So I think a lot of their players just went to FC Bayern for like a trial or something. Right. Yeah. So, so you start looking at. I mean, not only playing. that, they they've been pl- those guys have been playing together, together for ages. Yeah. So <laughs> they've been playing together. Yeah. So, for so all all these things make a difference, and then you know, <coughs> like look around the world, right? Look at the young players that are playing at Chelsea right now. Like mm-hmm. they're putting out 17, 18, 19 year old kids that can play in the best league in the world. Exactly. And then. It doesn't matter if they're 16, 17, 18 in Dallas. They come in and impact the game, and, and that's what we, we learned. I mean, they were faster on the counter last year. I mean, yes. you watch the game, I'm like, holy cow, man. These kids can fly, and they yeah. can play. So, yeah. Yeah. so we, we like the fact that, you know, we have some MLS teams, and we're going to see some of these new young American talents and international talents that are young, that, that they're, they're going to be full-team players at some point. Um, next question. What are the club's plans of bringing together the various youth organizations, uh, the Kickers, Strikers, Richmond United? And, uh, yeah, what are the plans for that? Just wanted to That's know. out of our control. Okay. Um, but I can <laughs> well, say, I, I mean, we have, we have Richmond United in place right now. And that, that, is, that, was, an in, that was an intentional bringing together. Um, Lee Kalashaw and I, Jay Howe, um, John Maurer, John Mumford from the Strikers, and then Inge from the Kickers. The six of us, we were the governing body that really got that thing on board. Mm-hmm. And it, it's good. It's got people talking because now everybody's wanting to just merge everybody together. And that would be awesome. Now, there's a lot of variables that have to go into play. Those are both two youth clubs, both nonprofits. Mm-hmm. So trying to figure out how they would work together. And, you know, we've always told them that we're willing to work with you. We want to make this thing work for everybody. We want, you know, it'd be great to have one branded club in the region, um, one super club, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I think you're going to ask me about, hey, you guys going to change the name? Not right now. <laughs> All right. But, yeah, I mean, we have great history with this name and a lot of, in, lot of there's, you know, I take great pride when I was driving last night and I see a kicker's night. I'm like, that's yeah. sweet. And I was in the West End. I was like, this is really cool. I'm in the strikers territory, right? Yeah. yeah. So depending on where you are. So, so people are starting to. Um, I feel that that is where, I mean, I think, I'm not sure who asked this question. Was that you or. It wasn't me. But, um. I think the that question kind of stems from the thought that, you know, you'll have, for example, a kid who's played strikers. How do you get a kid from strikers to enthusiastically root for a pro team that has the same name as its Brass right. City rivals? Like and so that that's that's where that yeah, I think I think it's gotten better. So now you have Richmond United. So mm-hmm. I don't know if you noticed this. So last year at the game, we had three sign three signboards. One had Richmond United, one had Richmond Kickers, and one had Richmond Strikers. Yeah. So those are those are incredible competitors with one another. So uh, you know you put them together, and we'd love for everybody to work together. Um, you know, I I know when I was a kid, you know, if you don't like the Atlanta Braves, do you still go watch our Braves game? 
probably because it's your baseball option here to watch professionals play. Yeah. Um, so, you know, at some point, if, if there's an opportunity to address that collectively and change that, we would, we're always open to having that conversation. But in the short term right now, you know, the Richmond kicker's name has been good to us. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we're, we've encouraged dialogue between the kickers and the strikers, and, you know, that we're not part of those conversations at this point. But if they were ever to figure something out together and said, hey, we'd like you guys to consider being part of this, you know, we're all ears. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, I'm on the of I don't want to change the name. Mm -hmm. I'll redesign the logo. I'm cool with Right. But the name is like, yeah. don't touch the name. Don't I want, touch it. I want to keep don't the name. It. It's, been, what? it's unique. It's been 27 yeah. years. Don't touch it. Yeah, it's unique. <laughs> but people evolve and, you know, we're, we're okay. What we want to do, we want to make the most incredible professional soccer experience in the region for people. And, you know, we're, we'll figure the best way to do that. And, you know, we have some exciting things coming that we can't announce at this time. But Ooh. I think you guys will be, uh, it'll, okay. it'll light up your faces. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Um. Another question, we're going to skip that one. Um, other USL teams are announcing international friendly, mm -hmm. friendlies, like, uh, you know, Ford Madison announces everything every 24 minutes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is there any, is yeah. there any, you know. We're actively in conversation. Matt Spear has been in conversation with numerous agents. Last year, we were close to having two exhibitions, and then we decided the economics didn't work. Okay. Um, so for us, you know, there's a lot of things in play. The, the cost to bring a team over here has gone up since we used to do it back in the old days yeah. when we were the only club that was doing it and now everybody wants to do it. So we, yeah. Lee was great in being ahead of the curve. Now the challenge is, you know, who you bring in, how soon you can get it, get it negotiated and then you got to hope the weather is good, right? Because, yeah. you know, say we have to pay, let's pick an arbitrary number, $50,000 to bring a team from wherever, right? Mm -hmm. So they're getting the 50000 whether we're able to get that money back at all. Yeah. So then you're good pre-sale, find a sponsor. So there's a bunch of economic decisions, but I will say this, you know, last year we, we almost, it was very close to getting a deal done with one of the three clubs that came up from um, the championship in the EPL. That was close. You guys would have been excited. Yeah, start thinking, right? Oh, okay, um, hold on. I, it's pro I, I know it's not Norwich, because I feel like Norwich would probably be Tampa. Ashton Villa? I'm going to go to Ashton Villa. I can't tell you, but, uh, but but at one point there was a dialogue especially with the way Sheffield isn't playing this. Yeah, season. I feel like there, it's true. <laughs> yeah, but but the, but the point is, like it's it's hard, and and last year we didn't have one mainly because we had an entirely new staff for the most part, mm -hmm. and getting them up to speed, and you know it was better to be air inside of caution. This year we're you know Matt's actively working on it. We have a couple of different options on the table, and we're hoping to be able to announce something in the next couple of weeks. Okay, all right. Um, what special events are you guys planning to do for the U.S. Open Cup team? I don't want any. It's kind of embarrassing. Like, <laughs> it's cool, but I like, I mean, I don't know. Like, no, it would be nice to figure out how to get some of the guys back that are available. And, and, and certainly, but we, we've looked at a couple different things between a, a 25th anniversary logo or, I don't know. There, there's some, some activity and some lots of thought being put into it. But, you know, for us, the most important part is, Let's get the core business. We got the schedule out. We're trying to sell tickets. We're trying to get all those things in place. So whatever we decide to do, it's an incredible experience. Okay, all right. Um, and this is the last question. Um, it's no secret running a lower league team outside of MLS is tough. Um, what are some things that the kickers have done to be successful? You kind of alluded to it earlier, but what are some of the things the kickers have done successfully to stay afloat? And your first year of owning the kickers, what are some of the lessons that you learned? Well, 
I mean, we learned a lot of lessons. This is an expensive, <laughs> expensive project. Um, and the nice part is we've got a great group of investors. Um, I'm, 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 I guess I'm the most vocal and the, the most visible, but we have a good group of people that love the long-term plan. So we're gonna keep working at it. You know, Matt's been instrumental um, with what he's been doing in terms of setting the culture. Joyful, authentic, united is really important to us. Mm -hmm. um, I, I've been calling season ticket holders today that haven't re-upped yet. Um, so I haven't seen your names on the list, so that's good. So we appreciate that you've already re-upped, yeah. if you have. Um, <laughs> but you know, we want to know, you know, we want to hear the good and the bad from people, and, and try and improve the experience. Um, I will say we're in quietly working and hope to have an announcement within the next four to five weeks about improvements at the stadium. Um, nice. Showing that, you know, we're serious about the location. We think it's wonderful. It's incredible. So we're going to make the experience even better, not just for kickers, 14 kickers home games and what, maybe four or five open cup as we run the finals. Mm -hmm. um, but not just those, but creating other events and activities at City Stadium so that people know who we are and that we are part of the community. We want people to come and gather together. And whatever it is, that you, whether you love soccer, whether you love the social aspect, we want you to come together. And Richmond's this incredible melting pot. I mean, yeah. if you think about it, we've had countless people tell us the most diverse place they go to act, to events in Richmond is at City Stadium for kickers games. If you look around at the different faces and the different ages and the different nationalities, I mean, it, soccer brings people together. And that's the most beautiful part about it. Yeah. Um, you know, some of the friends and teammates I've had through the years, whenever I go somewhere and I mention, somebody says, oh, I'm from Jamaica, right? Uh, I've never been to Jamaica, but I've had a bunch of teammates do here that have played for Jamaica's national team and are Jamaicans. And I said, hey, so do you guys know Fabian Davis? And they're like, you know Fabian Davis? He's like a rock star in Jamaica. Mm -hmm. And these friendships and Gregory Messam and these different people that have come through Richmond and left the, you know, whether they're here for a season or 10 seasons, these different personalities that have come through here and added to the diversity and the uniqueness of Richmond. And, you know, you see all the political rank or both sides, whatever side, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> but like, you know, in soccer, like you go on the field, you compete, you bang heads. And then afterwards you shake hands and like, you know, you go have a beer, you go to the bar, you go to dinner and you're friends again. And it'd be nice if more people used kind of the soccer model and politics and all the other things where people just, you know, you can differ, difference of opinion, but on the soccer field, you know, you compete and then you move on. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is the last question. Yeah. Yeah. You can ask anything. You said you skipped one, so I'm, I'm happy to answer anything. <laughs> yeah, it kind of all rolled it together. But outside of the home opener, which is the Henry Derby against Ford Madison, which game are you particularly looking forward to the most? I mean, I like to beat Greenville, right? Ooh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Unfinished right. business there. <laughs> I mean, is it? Because don't we have the Bonsa Course Cup? The Health Insurance oh, Cup, as we call it. <laughs> so, no, so, and, and, I'll, and I'll say this is that, um, so I have a lot of respect for John Harks and his wife and, and what they're doing with Chris Lewis and um, the ownership group, the Irwins down there. They, they've done an incredible job year one, getting to the finals. Um, and, you know, having known John a long time, you know, it, it's it's hard. You come into these markets and you're trying to introduce. We've had a little bit of a head start because we've got a long long history, but they've done a great job. And you know, they are our nearest rival, at least for now. Yeah, Hopefully, yeah. somebody else will come in. But um, it, it's just great to see you know a legend like John Harks, who has such an impact on the game. You know, I don't know if you saw. I think it was on the Athletic the article about his goal, his uh, his goal over in England, the screamer he had. Yeah. I mean, 
it's epic, right? I mean, that, that's the same guy, and you know, he coaches he coaches kids in the club environment. His son now plays over in, I believe, Scotland. Mm-hmm. So people that stay involved in the game, um, and they're trying to build this thing, and you know, there's a lot of excitement around Atlanta United and all the big MLS clubs, but you know, with almost everything, the grassroots, these grassroots clubs and teams that are really making an impact on the community, that, that's how this thing is really going to to flip the script for. Um, you know, I love watching NFL football and basketball, but right now you've got a lot of young, hungry, um, ambitious, but humble soccer athletes that not only are playing and, you know, some people are doing extra jobs and they're doing other things and working camps and working with the kids, but, you know, this is how the game is really going to continue to grow. Yeah. And, you know, that will be the game I look forward to because, and I'll say this, when Charlie passed away, the first text I got when it got announced was uh, John Harks yeah. saying, hey, down here at Greenville, we're so sad. For you and, and your club, and know how much Charlie meant to you and your in the in your team. Yeah, I gotta say that was probably one of the more memorable moments of last year. Like he went out of his way to come to the Red Army mm-hmm. section, hang yeah. out with the fans, talk to us, and everything. Yeah. Even after after we won, it was still like gracious and everything. Yeah. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. So well, well one, I don't know if, when he was coaching in Cincinnati. I just remember I think we tied a game late and yeah and. and uh, it was great. I mean, I'll, the thing I like about John is kind of you know how he feels right after the game, and I think he went on camera and basically told Lee, you know, he, the guy didn't even try and play, and Lee's like, I didn't really try and play. We're just trying to get a, get a point out of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, but John, John, you know, John's one of the most decorated soccer players in the country, and yeah. uh, and he comes here, and you know, I love the fact that the Red Army probably gets after him, and you know, because it's nice to have people that. You recognize on the sideline and have some history that have contributed to make this, you know, to me, it's quickly becoming the greatest sport in, in the United States as well. It is. Yeah. Well, those are all our questions. Um, anything else for you you want to add before we Hey, well, I, I thank you guys. I mean, you guys, you know, doing a podcast and, and sharing this stuff and, and your lens. And it, it's unique because uh, I think we had the conversation last year at the Red Army game and maybe you're talking about your mom and just kind of the history of City Stadium yeah. and what's always been a City Stadium. and. You know, to me, it's cool. I mean, you know, like, did you grow up playing soccer? Uh, I did. I played through elementary and middle school, didn't play in high school a whole bunch, but then I got reconnected to the game. Yeah, so, so I mean, this is, you know, you get a little introduction, and most kids that played soccer, you know, I go to schools and kids, like, I'd go down into, um, you know, the city, some of these schools, and I'm like, we don't want soccer. And then after 30 minutes of doing some of that, you know, just stuff, kid, I mean, kids are open-minded. Like, yeah, they yeah. just... Stuff that keeps you moving and interactive, and, and now people are starting to see these pathways, and you start to see, you know, one of my favorite guys I've ever played against in college was Eddie Pope, and then, you know, we, we played against him in the, um, before the 2002 World Cup, the last scrimmage was against the kickers down there, mm-hmm. um, down in Cary, North Carolina, and uh, get to play against somebody like Eddie Pope, and I mean, he was, you know, I think one of the best central defenders we've ever had in the United States, just so steady and calm, and you know, just you see guys like that, that, man, it just makes a difference. And it's great role models. And, you know, it used to be I'd go into the inner city of Richmond to talk about soccer, and I'd have all these teachers like, these kids don't have any interest in soccer. But you know what? Some of them do. Yeah. You know, they only know basketball or football. And the fact that soccer is a game that, you know, it's not expensive to be part of. I mean, at the club level, it's starting to get out of control. Yeah. But the introductory level, you know, you just need something that's round, that rolls, and, you know, you can c- compete and play. So yeah. so I, I just I love how soccer brings people together. So, and the fact that you guys are doing podcasts is great. I mean, I, I listen to it, you know. I'm like, man, Elliot's brain kind of works like mine. I feel like you're here, and then you bounce here. <laughs> <laughs> and, and some people are like, man, I can't handle that. But you know, my wife's always like, 
where, where, which story and what train of thought are you on right now? <laughs> but that's but a good way to go through life, I think. Yeah. It keeps things entertaining. It is. Yeah. So, no, you never know what you're going to get. In the back, you guys come out. And, and I know you guys don't always agree with what you know the front office does. And, and you have your difference of who the best player and who should be in the lineup and all that. And this is the best thing. This is what I learned from Alexi Lalas in New England. I just remember it was, this is how old it was, 1996. You didn't have Twitter. You didn't have all this stuff. You had AOL. You had chat rooms, right? Yeah. So I was in a chat room with Alexi, and I'm sitting in, in, in the, on, my, on my, my, my big old computer. Uh, I think it was a compact. And I'm sitting there, and I'm in this chat room, and these guys are literally killing Alexi. He sucks. He's terrible. He can't run. He's not a good defender. And I'm like, you can see he was in the chat room. I'm like, oh, Alexi's in here. Then Alexi goes, hey, guys, this is Alexi. Man, I didn't know how you felt about me, but I'm not sure how to think now. <laughs> and instantly, I mean, it was great. He owned up that he was in there. And all these people, they changed their opinion. Oh, we're just joking. We love you. We think you're great. <laughs> and this is what Alexi wrote. He goes, he writes back, and he goes, he goes, I, I respected you guys more when you had your own opinion. Now that I'm in the room, you shouldn't change your opinion. And it was really, it was really eye-opening because – People want soccer to be mainstream and people to be excited about it. Yeah. So with that comes, everybody gets to have an opinion. It doesn't make them right or wrong. It's their opinion. Mm-hmm. And the fact that people are talking about it, um, that's cool. I don't know if you guys know Mike Urat. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't know, I don't know what Mike's official last name is, but I just, I've always known him as Mike Urat from Message Boards. <laughs> but a big kickers fan, comes out to everything. And uh, one, of, one of the really unique parts, we're at a game down in Charlotte, and uh, he posted something kind of nasty about me. Like, uh, he's only on the team because his dad's a sponsor. So, which, I don't know. Maybe it is true. I don't know. <laughs> so I went out and hey, I saw what you was posting about me. And he said, uh, he said, I was just kidding. I was like, dude, come on. It's okay. I like the fact that you have an opinion. So it's nice that people in Richmond have an opinion about the kickers. And we, we're thankful that you guys are, are driving this forward. It's yeah. great. So anything else you want to – I mean, we asked for what's okay. But you seem like you got, like, a bunch of stories for days. Yeah, like you do. <laughs> I'm old. You gotta remember, man. <laughs> so it was funny. I was in a meeting the other day, and somebody made some comment, and I was like, "Why well, don't drink?" Because they were talking about favorite alcohol or something, and I was like, "Oh, I don't drink. I've been the driver since I was 16." So, um, you know, kind of pride myself on that. Never had a sip of alcohol, but uh, one of the things I did learn is that I was Uber before Uber, and then I can't remember random stuff it's been pretty cool so like, I'll sleep here from high school or college or professional teams and mm-hmm. I can remember this weird stuff that we, we go out after a game and hang out and you know you talk about the thing that you miss when you retire is just the camaraderie and just the fun times you know one of the things we used to do with the kickers is you know we're competitive you get per diem so we go places and questions like so how much to eat this and the question is how much money you guys want to put out so there'd be a pile of cash and then if you eat it, you get the cash. Right? And then you had a 10-minute note throw up rule, you know, because you can't, like, down something and throw it back up. Right? <laughs> so I was like, that was one of my best money-making adventures. Um, you know, <laughs> racing through how fast can you eat the food. We, you know, we were down in Atlanta for a game, and uh, we were in the IHOP. And you know the, the big things of, like, strawberry syrup? Mm-hmm. So uh, this is, like, 2.30 in the morning, and somebody's like, how much did you drink that? I'm like, how much you guys got? So there was, I think they got about fifty or sixty dollars on the table, and this other table of older people were like, "Hey, can we get in on that?" Like, yes. <laughs> so it was over a hundred dollars. It was a big thing of syrup. I'm like, "What are we doing?" You, you have one minute to drink the whole thing, and 
you know, then the 10 minute rule comes in where you can't throw it up. So I'm like, Oh God, I'm in <laughs> oh, easiest hundred dollars ever. <laughs> oh my God. But, but it, it was always fun. We play a lot of cards. Um, you know, there's some incredible teammates of the years. Um, you know, I got to play with Mike Burke and, and Ronnie and Lee and all the people that are really important to the club these days that are still involved. And it's yeah. nice to see people come to Richmond and stick around. Tony Lloyd is one of my favorite people. He was a, a long time, he was a big time player at Clemson. And uh, he was an outside back that just loved to be around. Ewer Dotsenko, mm-hmm. uh, a guy named Paul Leckix lives in Chicago now. And, you know, probably the most entertaining player of all time was to Peter Luzak, who was a center back from the University of Richmond, who, who was just on the, on the funny spectrum of doing random stuff. He was, he was it. And then a guy named Josh McKay, who came out from San Francisco in 1997. And I'm like, this guy's not going to last long. But he stayed <laughs> for eight, nine years and just loved being part of the community. So, so do you have a favorite jersey that you ever played in, like Richmond Kickers jersey? You have a favorite yeah, one? Yeah, I mean, I have a bunch in my house sitting in a box. <laughs> um, I feel like those would be all hanging up somewhere, like in an archive or something. Okay. No, I, I have some golf flags at my house. Um, <laughs> golf, golf course I played at, and I mean, I don't know. You know, we got a bunch of family pictures, but you know. The neatest part about this experience is that I've gotten to coach a lot. I've gotten to coach young women and young men, some in high school, some in, you know, some in the club environment, and just the relationships that you build and kids that you see graduate from college and go on. And I know Shanir does a bunch of coaching, and yeah. these kids age up. It's it's cool when you see them yeah. and you're like, wow. I mean, it, it's just cool to know that you're part of their development process. Mm-hmm. You know, not just the soccer part. I mean, most coaches, you know, they want to win. Like I love winning. I hate losing, but. You know, if, if you move a team forward and they get better and they, they fall in love with the game, that means that's another ambassador that's going to support the kickers or support Chelsea or support somebody that enjoys the game and at some point will take their kids to it. And I think that's, you know, the lasting legacy. It's just that exponential, how quickly it multiplies. Um, and guys like you guys are involved in the game and spreading the love. I'm sure yeah. your, your group of people that listen to this is different, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. That are maybe not, all of them are not mainstream soccer people, but hopefully if you get one or two to convert and then they, they start telling, man, go to the Elliot Janeer show, man, this thing's hilarious. <laughs> learn about soccer, learn about fun. And I mean, it, it's just that sense of family that soccer breeds that I think other sports doesn't necessarily give you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, well, where can everyone reach you out at? Um, I don't know if you're a big I don't really see you a lot on social media, but where can everyone? Not on social media. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, if they wanted to. Where yeah, can so my email address is rucrop at richmondkickers.com. And then, I, I mean, if they want to call me, 804-467-7070. That's my cell number. So if you send a crazy text message, don't blame us. <laughs> totally I, that's fine. Awesome. I mean, you know, the nice part about text, it's in writing. So you're like, I didn't say that. I'm like, this is what you said. You leave it voicemail and I'll save it. I know what you said. Yeah, there you right. go. If you uh, tell me something in my face and then you say, I didn't say that, I mean, I can say you did, but right? Yeah, yeah. that's very, so that's now, true. Now, I mean, again, we've tried to be incredibly transparent. Um, you know, we sent some thank you notes to the early season tickets, yeah. um, sign ups, and then, you know, we're in the process of calling people that haven't re signed right now. I would encourage everybody to get your tickets as soon as possible because we have some really cool stuff coming. Um, yeah. Ticket prices went down by a couple of dollars. I don't know if you noticed that, but uh, 
We've got this new thing where you never lose a ticket, so if you can't make it with your ticket, you can get a general admission ticket for the next game with it. So, uh, you know, we want to get people thinking, this is yeah. going to be the place to be in these 14 special um, nights in 2020. Yeah, most definitely. Um, well, with that being said, you can reach out to our podcast at River City 93 This is Elliot. This is Shanir. And we'll holler at you guys next time.